I hate to sound trite, I say it all the time, but put the mission first. Recognize what the mission of the state association is, what the mission of the state CSVG office, and find the places where that mission, those missions converge. Because they are related missions, they share many of the same facets, but they're not identical. And so we, we both need to recognize, you know, what is it that my organization can bring to the table that will help the network to achieve its overarching mission? How do we help people change lives and build strong communities? This is CapLawCast, a podcast hosted by Community Action Program Legal Services. And that was Terry Bearden. Executive Director of the Arkansas Community Action Agencies Association. Terry's been in this role since 2019, but she's been with the association for over 17 years in various positions. She's not shy about discussing community action in the state, the association's role in it, and the state CSBG office. Nor is the CSBG manager at the state office, Beverly Buchanan. So the first word that comes to to mind uh, when, when I think of the state association is the the value of the training that they are able to provide and the level of community. And I mean community by the fact that we're, we're all in this together and we're a very large community. And so I think that that's a part of what I, I see when I, when I think about the state association. As CSBG manager for Arkansas since 2014, Beverly thinks a lot about the State Association. She's been doing so since 2007, when she was hired to serve as the CSBG Grants Analyst in the State Office. You'll get to know Terry and Beverly in today's episode, Bridging Across Barriers, the Wonder State, as we explore the relationship between the Arkansas Association and the State CSBG Office. Together, these leaders share a commitment to CAs in the state and a mutual respect for one another and the diverse roles they play. Roles that, as Terry explains, can converge in interesting ways. So I like to uh, use the power of Beverly every now and then uh, because I put together uh, the grant proposal. And of course, I present it to my board and it's approved. But that doesn't mean that they actually recognize on a detailed level just how much engagement I'm going to need from them and their staff members. So occasionally there will be a project, uh, local theory of change development is is one of them, Mm -hmm. where we had set the expectation that X number of agencies were going to develop local theories of change. And I reached out and I was like, here's how we propose to do this, crickets. And I reached out again and said, so can you identify a staff member with whom I should communicate as we move forward with working with your agency to develop a local theory of change? Uh, one, two comments. Um, and so I was like, okay, Beverly says that X number of agencies are to create local theories of change by September 30th of this year. How do you plan to proceed? Ta-da. Right, I get the I get the response that I need. So I am not afraid to wield the power of Beverly when it's necessary. The mutual respect that the state association and the state CSBG office share now wasn't always a given. Not so long ago, this relationship 
like many, went through a rough patch. Terry and Beverly both pointed to the impact that changes in leadership had on the relationship just a few years ago. Here's Terry. So my immediate predecessor, uh, while she did have some experience in the Community Action Network, she really sought to move the association in a different direction and uh, to place less emphasis on sustaining that longstanding relationship that we had with our state CSBG office. Beverly's take was similar. And for on the state side, unfortunately, we experienced a leadership change at around that same time. Uh, both, both of the people that are immediately uh, above me came into um, community action around 2014, 2015 at the same time. So we had three new people, uh, so to speak, in leadership roles. And, and again, what Terry said about lack of experience and no reality of the value of the relationship between the state office and the state uh, association uh, made, made things a little different from what I had experienced in the seven years prior. This different relational approach had real consequences for Beverly and Terry, and more importantly, the Arkansas Community Action Network. Here's Terry. So when um, the folks in leadership positions at the state were moving into those roles, the fact that they were not greeted and welcomed and really uh, supported by my predecessor just changed everything. It changed mm. our, our communications dynamics. This was a significant shift away from what Terry and Beverly had known in prior years. They both credited long-term leaders of the state association and the state office for showing them what a productive state association and state office relationship could look like. The bottleneck in communications led the state office to feel it wasn't getting the information it needed to properly oversee the funding it provided to the association. It had no idea if deliverables were being met. Here's Beverly. Well, first of all, it was total confusion because at the state office, we had been accustomed to working uh, side by side with the state association in, in, in all projects. We were at the table for almost everything. And 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 we were, you know, we were included, not just as a funder, but as a, a as a partner. And and all of that changed because there were things that weren't being delivered. Um, leadership at the state office decided that we would uh, change the funding uh, formula, so to speak, for the state association. And I think that that has been, I don't want to use the word des detrimental, but it, it certainly um, it's a shift in what we were seeing prior. Ultimately, the executive director of the state association left, and Terry stepped into the role. There was mistrust and severed communications, and she knew she had work to do. But she also knew and had worked closely with Beverly in the past, who by that point was CSBG manager at the state office. I actually think that that's our saving grace because we did already know each other very well prior to that change in leadership. Um, in fact, uh, if I can take a little bit of credit, um, I mentored Beverly through her <laughs> Roma certification process. So Beverly and I have always been the two <laughs> within our organizations who are willing to step out there uh, regionally and nationally and, and seek to not only learn from our greater community action network, but also provide our 
two cents worth um, when it's when it's asked for and maybe even sometimes when it's not. Um, so we, we were able to, <laughs> more often than not. Uh, and so we were able to move in the same circles um, and and again, collaborate very closely from our um, positions that we held prior to moving into our, our, our current uh, positions. Terry and I used to say, whenever we get to be in charge, we're going to do we're going to do this. And and we had a vision for where we saw Arkansas, where we saw Arkansas moving toward. In 2019, the day had arrived where Terry was in charge of the Arkansas State Association and Beverly was CSBG manager within the state office. They were well positioned to tap into their experiences throughout the Community Action Network and to build on their existing relationship. But Terry didn't take this for granted. As the association's new executive director, she quickly took action to rebuild the association's relationship with the state. When I first assumed the COO and then uh, executive director role, uh, the focus of our board and uh, their their instructions to me were, "Let's fix this. Let's get let's repair things. Let's get back to where we used to be." And so I very intentionally set about. Uh, reopening those lines of communications, admitting where there had been missteps. Uh, I cannot tell you how many hours I spent pulling data and and uh, training evaluations and and putting together reports, revising reports, and just making sure that I could assure the state CSBG office that the work had been being done uh, during the time of of my predecessor. Um, the information was just not being provided to them in the way that uh, it had been in the past. Despite Terry's efforts to repair the relationship and rewrite the narrative, for some, it wasn't fast enough. Getting buy-in from all stakeholders wasn't going to be easy. Well, um, and this is probably the low point of my leadership uh, of the association, we actually had an agency leave uh, the association during this time period. There was, I believe, on that agency's leadership uh, part, um, a lack of belief that the relationship could be what it once was, um, and also um, perhaps a belief that that uh, the value of the association had been damaged uh, and, and our, our capacity was less than it had been. Um, I, I still, uh, if they should happen to listen to this podcast, uh, uh, I want you back. Please come back. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a call. Um, but uh, I think that uh, in terms of, uh, from my perspective, and I'll, I'll be interested to hear what Beverly has to say, um, I think that from my perspective, the, the uh, state CSBG office had a little bit of an attitude of, uh, oh yeah, prove it. You know, prove to us that you are the right place, that you are the right organization uh, for us to make this significant investment in. And and perhaps Terry, that, that's true. Um, because again, the responsibility for the funding, you know, rests with the state office. Uh, I think we're at a point now where, <clears throat> you know, we we still we still are very much concerned about the deliverables. And 
and but I think the trust factor, I think I think that has improved greatly um, because not only did the ACA board want the problems to be fixed, but here our leadership wanted it as well because we wanted to you know not just not just me only, but but my leadership we wanted to ensure that we were working together for the best for the good of the network. And so that meant that all of us had to, uh, you know, had to understand our roles and work toward that end. Trust takes time, time and communication. And Beverly and Terry have helped restore that level of trust in part through continuous communication with each other. So we have our formal uh, communication uh, channels uh, that we, again, are very intentional about establishing the Roma work group. Beverly uh, leads a monthly CSBG meeting during which she brings forth topics that she needs to uh, uh, have discussions with or present to uh, the network, um, and that those are attended by uh, executive directors, program managers, frontline staff, anyone uh, is welcome to join those conversations with the CSBG office. Uh, our Office of Community Services, uh, both uh, Beverly and her supervisor, who um, actually leads the ESG program and, and a couple of other uh, programs, they participate in every ACA board meeting. They provide us with updates as do other key state uh, partners. Um, and so we have those formal channels of communication, but Beverly and I specifically also know that at any time that we need to speak with each other about something or communicate with each other about something, we're just a phone call away or an email away. And uh, we put each other high on our priority list. We can get lost in our emails. We, you know, may get a couple of hundred emails a day, but if I see one from Beverly, I'm at least going to read the first paragraph uh, to determine <laughs> whether or not you're going to answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and how quickly. <laughs> so I, I agree with that. And I, I think, um, you know, we've been texting all morning and I, was, I know Terry's tired of me because I've had like 15 different things that I've had to ask her. I always use this, this analogy when I'm talking about state office and state uh, association. We're like an old married couple. You know, we've been together for a long time, 15 years, at least for me, because that's how long I've been here. Uh, and, and we, we kind of know, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of, we know each other's personality. And, and, but we also know that at the end of the day, it's not about us, you know? So, so there are times when we totally don't agree with anything the other one is talking about, but we understand the children need us to be in agreement. I love that Beverly brought the children up because that's kind of what was <laughs> running through my mind as well. And I can provide you with a, with a really good example. So, you know, sometimes one parent thinks that it would be fine for the children to take the car out late on Friday night. And the other parent is like, no, they have to be home by 8 p.m. And so we faced uh, that type of a situation uh, when COVID hit and when the CARES Act uh, funding came down. Uh, it, the decision was made that Arkansas Community Actions would maintain 
the income limit of 125% of federal poverty level, which several other states did as well. Um, as a very uh, strong and, and perhaps um, overly zealous at times advocate for low-income people, I was not pleased uh, that, that we were gonna have to have the children home at 8 p.m. and take <laughs> the car keys from them at that time. Um, so I set about uh, pulling together some data and a presentation. I contacted Beverly and her supervisor and, and her supervisor's supervisor and said, and of course, I was already in communication with my board about all of this. I would not do this without the blessings of my board. I said, can we have a conversation about this policy? And they said, absolutely. And so we did. And I put my arguments forth and, and showed them some pretty nice statistics and PowerPoint slides. Um, and in the end, uh, they said, thank you very much. We appreciate the value of, of the data that you've pre presented to us. And the reasons behind our decision are this. We want to make sure that, that the most vulnerable among us are, are receiving the bulk of the uh, funding and, and that we are supporting the most vulnerable Arkansans to the strongest possible level. And uh, so, you know, um, no, <laughs> the kids are still going to have to be home at 8 p.m. And so, you know, did I uh, throw a fit and 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 did I, you know, threaten to leave the the relationship or any anything like that? No, because you're not always going to get your way, so to speak. Your 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 uh, perspective is not always going to be the one that uh, wins. Uh, and so we were able to have further conversations about, okay, so since that is going to be the limitation, um, how do we um, ensure that agencies are provided with the latitude to expand their menu of services uh, to help people uh, to weather the storm that was brought in by COVID? And so, you know, that's just one situation where, again, we, we put the mission first. And it was like, okay, our mission truly is to help low-income people. And so how do we do that the best way we can? And my role in that was to advocate for the increased eligibility. But once we came to the conclusion that we would stay with the 125, then my role is to ensure that that's what we do. And fortunately, the beauty of that is the um, network understood uh, where my heart is, but they also understand what my role is and the fact that there's some things that I have to do based on my role. The tension and struggle were real, but they didn't change the focus. Beverly and Terry didn't allow the pieces that were out of their control to distract them from their ultimate goal, finding ways to work together, build trust, and advocate for families with low incomes. That speaks to a deeper bond an interdependence between the two organizations. And with all good relationships, it never stops being complicated. Beverly and Terry never lose sight of the fact that they are connected by funding, funding that is essential to the association's very existence. The capacity of the state association would be so greatly diminished if we did not receive significant funding uh, through the CSBG discretionary funding that's available. Uh, 
I believe we would be possibly a one-person shop. Um, we definitely would not provide training to literally five or 600 community action staff members every single month. We would not host an annual conference for about 250 uh, participants every, uh, every year. We would not have a staff available to develop uh, uh, other programs and, and help to provide uh, funding opportunities to, for other programs to uh, the agencies. And we just would be a completely different organization if not for uh, that significant amount of funding. Uh, and, and our impact on the agencies would be so minimized that I myself would question the relevancy of the association if it were if we were just a one-person shop. There's no way that I could provide all of that necessary training if we didn't have that relationship. So it, it's a it's a situation where, you know, where we're, there's a funding relationship, but that relationship is built on the fact that that together there's things that we we need to do for the network. Terry uh, gathers information in her role as a trainer. And in my role at state office, I asked directly in the application process, what training do you need of the agencies? Every year I asked them, what training do you need? And how do you plan to fund this? You know, because it's one thing to need a training, but it's totally different how you're going to fund it. And so we 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 started to take that list and compile that with what we've both seen me from monitoring and and Terry from you know talking to the to the agencies and and we compile a top 10 this is this is what we're going to do this year and i like to say that aca's uh outcomes are the state csbg offices outcomes uh because mm -hmm. yes they are deliverables for our funding but when that uh annual report is submitted mm -hmm. Those outcomes are included uh, in that. The, the increased capacity of agencies to achieve results is, is part of the story that uh, Beverly's office is able to tell because of ACA. The funder-grantee relationship between the association and the state office has led to a close alignment in mission and goals for the Arkansas network. Sometimes when CAAs think about a funding source, they think about the funding source enforcing requirements and measuring compliance. Basically, the funding source as an overseer, not a partner. But for Terry and Beverly, both have been able to see beyond the four corners of the funding contract, to see how both organizations are contributing to capacity building and training in the state, and how the other organizations integral to the shared mission of helping individuals and families become self-sufficient. We've explored many facets of this relationship, but we haven't really addressed the elephant in the room. Beverly is required to monitor Terry and Arkansas's CAAs. The state has to say what's going well and what isn't, and that's not easy for anyone. But Beverly isn't phased by the inherent disruption to a relationship that monitoring can cause. She's determined to see things a bit differently. For monitoring, you know, a lot of times, uh, I think when we say monitoring, you think of the state office, coming and you know they're we're like the IRS or, or FBI or somebody like that, you know. But but I think what I have tried to bring to the table is a whole different aspect 
monitoring for me is what we've been doing right here. We've been having this conversation. Okay, so I can look through your documents and then I can talk to you and have a conversation and I can learn more from that conversation than actually coming on site and with 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 the warrant to see what what you've been doing. Okay, and so I've tried to make monitoring uh, as painless as possible. In fact, I, I, I would hope that that the, the, the community action agencies would agree that that when we monitor it, it doesn't it doesn't have that I got you kind of feeling. We, we, of course, there's compliance. And so if there's something out of order, then we have to write that up. But then at the same time, we don't have any uh, quality improvement plans in Arkansas, simply because what we do is we, we provide training prior to all year long. We have uh, technical assistance. You know, if we see something pop up during the year, either Terry is going to take care of it, I'm going to take care of it, or we're going to take care of it together. Okay. But it, during the monitoring process, there's very little that's going to come to light that I don't already know about. Because that's the other thing that we have. Not only do I have, uh, I feel like I have very good communication with Terry, but at the same time, I'm also talking to the community action agencies. They have no problem calling me uh, and calling me multiple times. And we talk about things. So, um, I like to think that monitoring is something that I come alongside you and, and we found this problem. So I'm going to come alongside you and help you fix it. And I would agree. And I would uh, add that um, there are a couple of places that, that the, the changes and the improvements that Beverly mentions in terms of the monitoring uh, processes are also uh, very evident. And those are in our community needs assessment processes through quite a few years of steadily working on the community needs assessment process. Uh, Beverly has been able to really, we've been able to elevate the, um, the comprehensiveness of the community needs assessment processes to the point where now we are actually developing a statewide community needs assessment process. And we will have much more uniformity, uh, much more comprehensiveness, and really be able to talk about not only the needs at the local agency level, but um, then compile all of that data uh, to be able to present a very strong profile of our state. So th that, the monitoring, uh, I can remember being monitored uh, back in my early days at an agency, and it really was about, you reported that you helped 156 people get a job. Let me see those numbers. Okay, good, 156. Well, now the monitoring, like Beverly says, it's an ongoing process. It's much deeper. And yet, at the end of the day, it's not a got you. It's, it's a let's ensure compliance and let's see how to help you improve uh, your ability to, to achieve outcomes in the future. It turns out in Arkansas, monitoring isn't an us against them, but a we're all in this together. And that makes a big difference in how CAAs respond to the state office. Yeah, I like to pretend it's because she wields such a such a heavy uh, axe, but that's not it. It really is about the the relationship that uh, that Beverly has with the agencies. They respect her. They respect um, that she is not going to set unrealistic or unreasonable expectations for them. 
um, and that if if it's something that Beverly needs to have done, there's there's a reason behind it. Respect, understanding, communication. Key elements to the relationship in Arkansas between the state association and state CSPG office. This is the relationship that hasn't always worked well. It has evolved and will continue to evolve. Notably, it's one where each partner recognizes the critical role the other plays in supporting community action in the state. It focuses on strengths, not weakness, and welcomes differences of opinion and perspective. Perhaps most importantly, it never loses sight of the common mission. That's key. What value does the state association have? What value does the state office have? And and although you know we we look and at the CSBG uh, Act and we can clearly see the role of the state office, I think the state office folk have to understand the value of the state association, and and that's important in any relationship. You have to value the other. Uh, person or the other entity. There's so many people in Arkansas that depend on the relationship between the state office and the state association. Um, so it's, it's as I always say, it's bigger than us. It's, it's not even about Beverly and Terry. It's about uh, the people of Arkansas who need what we do. Thank you for listening to this podcast from CapLaw. To access more of our resources, please visit resources.caplaw.org.